Welcome to Tell Me More Live, the recorded version of our live storytelling night at the Push Comedy Theater in Norfolk, Virginia. In this recording, the theme of the night was indulgences, and Ashley Hall shared a story about organizing a bachelor party she doesn't remember. So I had this friend. Yeah, I, uh, I was 17. I met him when I was working at Food Lion, and he was 23, uh, which meant he could buy me beer. So I, I had an instant connection with him. Uh, but we'd become really good friends. Uh, when I was 21 and was moving out for the first time, we got a place together. And he became more than just a friend and beer buyer. He became my best friend. It was, uh, more, like a, it was more like a brother to me. And uh, living together was awesome. We, we had a great bachelor pad. Everything was great. And then we got girlfriends. Still okay for a little bit. Um, we would double date. We, uh, the girls would come over and hang out at the house. And then his girlfriend started to show her true colors. And she was one of those super clingy psycho bitches. Like she started to pluck his friends off one at a time so that she could have him all to herself. And she hated me the most. I'm a female in his life. I live with him. We're super tight, which is kind of ridiculous. Like, I am the last person you have to worry about going after your man. Like, <laughs> really. Um, and I don't know if she was, like, a really good lay, because she was not super attractive, so she had to be really good in bed, because it worked. Um, one night, we got in this, me and Richard, um, we got in this huge fight over nothing, and he moved out. Like, he just fucking left. And I didn't speak to him for a year. A year later, I get an apology note on my front door. He's so sorry. He's still with her, but he, he'll never let her come between our friendship again. Uh, so, of course, I give him another chance. I love him, and things are great. A few years after that, he comes over and he says, I've asked Amanda to marry me. Bad fucking move, man. And he wants me to be the best man. And so I'm like, dude, there's no way that she's going to let me be in your wedding. Because we've been reunited now. We're back to being bros. But I don't see her. We don't speak. We don't exist to each other. So I'm like, there's no way she's going to let this happen. He says, no, no. It's my wedding, too. I get to make some decisions. I'm like, okay. <laughs> like, but you, you have a brother. You know, traditionally, the groom usually chooses his brother to be his best man. And he says, no, you know, I, I love my brother. I love him a lot. But we're not super tight. You know, you're, you're like... We're bros. I want you to do it. And I say, okay, man. Um, I'm honored. Absolutely. I'll be your best woe man. And so the next year, we, we talk about the wedding. We talk about um, our super original khaki and linen shirts for the beach wedding. We talk about uh, my duties as his best man, the things I have to do, which means we get to the conversation about the bachelor party, which I'm not on board for this wedding, but I'm super stoked for the bachelor party. <laughs> Like, it's almost enough for me to be on board for the wedding just because I get to do this. Uh, so I ask him what he wants, and he says he wants traditional, which basically just means pussy. Like, he wants all the pussy. I can throw a pussy party. So uh, my first order of business is figuring out where to throw it. And uh, all the guys, we all, and, and me, we, yes, it's like uh, the boys in one lesbian weekend. Uh, we all live with girls, girlfriends or wives. I'm actually single at the time, but I live with my ex, 
were like exes, best friends, roommates, super fucking complicated. That's a whole nother storytelling night. Uh, so we have no place to throw the party. And then my mom offers me her house. Like, who, like whose parents do that? Like, I didn't even ask. She was just like, oh, yeah, you know, me and your dad will leave for the night. You, can, you guys can have the party here. Like, okay, mom, that's the stupidest fucking decision you've ever made. I love you. Thank you. So the night of the party comes, and we start out slow. We go to dinner. We have a couple of beers. We get back to the house, which, let me add, I had worked my ass off getting that house ready that afternoon. I have a, uh, I have a little sister. We're 26 years apart. Uh, my mom says it was because of a snow day. Uh, so anybody who's had a toddler, you know they take over your whole house. So there's like princess and Sesame Street shit everywhere. And there's nothing that's going to ruin your lap dance more than like Tickle Me Elmo going off in the middle of it. <laughs> so I got all of the child evidence out of the house. I decorated. And there's not a bachelor party section at Party City. There's a shit ton of bachelorette stuff. But apparently men don't decorate. So I went to Spencer's and got like a couple naked women posters and put them on the wall. I put out a black tablecloth and some pretzels. We're ready. Um, and so we get back to the house after dinner. We have a couple more beers. But we've still got hours until the private stripper is supposed to arrive. So we have this great idea that, that we should go to a strip club. At the time, this seems like a very, a very small decision. But it would turn out to be one of those life choices. And you may have just altered your entire fucking life path with this decision. And you had no idea. So we go to the strip club. And I order a beer. So I'm going to stop and, and count with you for, for a moment. I had two beers at dinner. I had two beers at the house. One beer at the club. So I've had about five beers over the course of three, four hours. And a really good meal. Because we all know it's important to eat before a night of heavy drinking. So I'm, I'm okay. I'm good. Like, and I can drink. Like I can hold my alcohol. I come from a long line of alcoholics. I'm upholding that family tradition exceptionally well. I can, I can hold my, my liquor. Uh, so I'm, I'm good. I don't even have a buzz yet. Um, it's a small group of us. It's, it's me and Richard. His douchebag friend Jason is our designated driver. My ex's brother is also there, and he brought his girlfriend. But it's fine. She's like, like a cool girlfriend. Like She's fine with all the pussy that we're trying to get tonight. Um, and we have our own little corner in the club. And we're good. We're chilling. And then this stripper comes over with this wasted guy. She walks him over and she says, take care of Poppy. And she leaves. So I'm like, okay. I'm, like, I'm a super social person. So I'm like, I've got to go talk to Poppy, of course. So I go sit down to talk to Poppy. And Poppy takes a bottle out of his, out of his jacket. And he takes a swig, assumingly why he's so wasted. And then he offers me a swig. And so I make this really intelligent decision and I'm like, oh, free drink. Fuck yeah, I'll take a swig, Bobby. No, no, don't do that. <laughs> That's the last thing I remember. Um, Richard, somebody bought him a lap dance, so he's been out of the scene for Poppy. Uh, he comes back in. He says, I am just, I'm slumped in the chair. I've got snot coming down my face. I'm like a corpse. So everybody starts freaking out. They all start picking me up to carry me out of the club. The bouncer notices. He comes over to help. They get me out the back door. They get me in the car. Richard's screaming that they need to take me to the hospital. Uh, my ex's brother is like, oh, no. She's totally fine. If she doesn't wake up, like, 
by morning. Then we'll worry. <laughs> they get me back to my parents' house. They get me on the couch. And uh, the stripper arrives. I accidentally hired a prostitute. Richard might actually get all the pussy at his bachelor party. In my defense, they had a legit website. It, it was, and she would dance. She's going to dance first. So, um, yeah, so she showed up with a trainee in tow, which I wasn't even aware there's like a hooker apprenticeship program. Um, so she, uh, the, when I booked the stripper, I was, was going to pay in cash because you get a discount. And I'm all about saving the money at this bachelor party. <laughs> well, earlier that day, I'd hid the $120 for the hour in the house. But nobody knew that. I was dead on the couch. The money's hidden in the house. They have no idea where the money is. So they take the $60 cash that's in, in my pocket. And they had enough money between them that they could have covered the 120 But my smart friends decide that they should use a credit card to pay a little bit extra for that 120 so they can keep all the cash for tipping and extras because what bachelor party is complete if he doesn't get to motorboat a whore. <laughs> so that's what they do. And now we come around to 3 a.m. And I just snap out of it. Richard said it was, like I, I, it was like I came back from the dead. I just set up, my eyes popped open. Oh boy, confused, like... It doesn't even begin to describe how I felt. I had never blacked out in my life, and I haven't since. Um, horrible feeling, crazy feeling to just have this whole piece of your life just missing. Um, I woke up. I, didn't, I was covered in marker. I guess they had, like, some time to kill before the hooker I ordered got there. Uh, I also didn't have any pants on, which was a little concerning. Um, so I wake up confused. I want a cigarette, and I want my ex that I live with, Jennifer. I'm like, uh, I'm like a toddler that wakes up from a night terror screaming for milk and mommy. And uh, Richard decides that rather than calm zombie toddler Ashley, it's a good idea to force me to do something. He, he starts trying to shove me into the bell. Oh, you need to lay down. You need to go to sleep. And it's like, do not fuck with zombie me. And he's a little guy. Like, I, I could take him easy. So, you know, I, I shove him off. I'm, I'm being a total dick. I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm scared and I'm confused. And um, I eventually make it to the back door. I find my pants. They're soaking wet. I've never pissed myself before. So I do a quick <laughs> sniff test. Not piss. I still have never pissed my pants. Um, thank you. Yes. I'm going to assume they dropped me in a puddle or something during the great strip club escape. I'm not sure. Uh, I get my cigarette. I can't get a hold of Jennifer. I'm trying to call her. Um, she had spent her day driving 12 hours from Kentucky to Virginia. So I'm sure she was really excited for like 50 drunk phone calls at 3 in the morning. Uh, Richard's super pissed at this point, And he leaves. He just leaves me. Uh, but he does get a hold of Jennifer. And she arrives. And... Like I said, we have this super complicated relationship, her and I. Um, and she annoys the shit out of me on a regular basis. But I can always count on her to be there for me when I royally fuck up my own life. <laughs> uh, so she shows up. She calms me down. She gets me in pajamas. She, she even lays down with me until I fall asleep. I'm, like, crying and I'm apologizing. But it's, like, a de it's 
It's that drunk guilt, you know, where you're not just sorry for what you did just then. You're sorry for everything ever. <laughs> like, like that one time that I stopped at Taco Bell and I knew you were home, but I didn't call and see if you wanted anything. I'm so sorry. <laughs> um, so the next morning, I wake up with the worst hangover of my life. And Richard comes over to fill in all those blank spaces that, uh, that I was uh, just able to, to share with you. And um, Jennifer helps me clean the house up. We get it cleaned up just as my folks are pulling in the driveway. And I hadn't decided how much I was going to divulge. But my mom walks in the door and looks at me and goes, what's wrong? What happened? Because you know how moms can do that? Like you come over for dinner. Oh, mom, the meatloaf looks, it looks great. That's some good. What happened, Ashley? What's wrong with you? Who hurt you? You know what I'm saying? So, um, so I, I, I filled her in on what happened. I left out the, the hooker in her living room part. I didn't think, I didn't think mom would be excited about that. Um, and then I start to, to come to terms with the evening. I do this 60-day um, liver cleanse, which basically just means I didn't drink for 60 days. But that was, that's a fucking feat, okay? Um, I'm actually, I was actually really grateful that it wasn't worse. Like, it could have been really... Could have been really bad. Like, I was really grateful I had, I had good friends that took care of me. I was grateful that I wasn't taken advantage of. I, I could have lost my gold star lesbian status. If you don't know what a gold star lesbian is, let me fill you in. It means that I've never slept with a man. Yes, I'm that gay. Like, as soon as having a boyfriend meant more than him using his milk money to buy me ice cream, I'm done. I'm off, I'm off of that ride. Um, so a week later is the wedding. I, we threw the bachelor party a week before. It comes uh, wedding rehearsal time, night before the wedding. I get there, the bride's family and the wedding coordinator have no idea that I'm the best man. Yeah, fucking asshole. <laughs> so the, the wedding coordinator basically puts me in this position of a glorified usher. I'm going to walk Richard's mom down the aisle, and then we're going to take our seats. Like, do you know what I just went through last week? <laughs> and I'm an usher. Uh, so I don't make a scene at the, at the wedding rehearsal. I, I do my usher duty and I leave. But I'm, I'm livid. I'm angry. I'm hurt. I'm so upset. I call Richard. He comes over that night. And I confront him about it. And I wanted an apology. I wanted him to own up to what he did. I told him, I said, you know, I know what happened. You told your girl you wanted me to be your best man. And she said, no fucking way is she going to be in my wedding. And you didn't have the balls to either stand up to her or just to tell me the truth, because that would have been cool. But he wouldn't do it. He wouldn't apologize. He wouldn't own up to it. And this is the second time he's burned me. So I'm done. I say, I'm, I'm, I'm done. I'm not coming to your wedding. But when you get a divorce, you give me a call. And, uh, and that was it. That was just over a year ago, and that was the last time that I spoke to Richard. Um, but as you leave here tonight, and you're walking through those doors... If you didn't learn anything, if you don't take anything away from tonight, I want you to remember two things. One, never trust a guy named Poppy in a strip club. <laughs> and two, no matter how bad a day you're having, no matter how much you hate your job, no matter how big a dick your boss is, you're not a hooker apprentice. Thanks. If you'd like to come out and tell a story like this one, or just enjoy the show, Visit tellmemorelive.org. That's tellmemorelive.org, where you'll find a list of upcoming shows, submission and contact forms, and more Storyteller podcasts. I'm Deb Markham. 
producer of the show. Our live host is Brendan Kennedy. Amber Nettles, Evan Hartley, and Scott Rose serve as our production assistants. And Jenny Zell is our podcast consultant. Until next time, thanks for listening to Tell Me More Live.